0: Stephen, I hope you're ready to do some heavy lifting today, buddy. Oh, no. We don't even have Stephen. Stephen, are you there? I am there. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. I hope you're ready to do some heavy lifting, bud. I have been on the radio for 11 straight hours.
1: Ah, but this is the show that you've been peeking towards, Gabe. That's uh, you're actually one hundred percent right. I am so excited. It's Monday to talk after about, the Masters, yeah. baby. I, I expect this to be your show of the day.
0: I I was. I mean, we talked Masters a little bit. And all the other shows that, that I filled in on today. And, and again, for those who don't know, uh, today I have been on the radio since 7 a.m. doing everything for an event that both Stephen and I are playing. I'm excited Steven's playing in it for the first time. It is the Ringer event through the MAC Fund on April 28th where we will play 100 holes of golf. And if you text MAC, M-A-C-C, to 800-990-3776, you can get a link to my donation page, and if you can donate, uh, whether it's $1, whether it's $5, whether it's like uh, Jim did during Scalzo and Brust, $500 to get see Ben Brust slapped in the face, well, every little bit counts in that fight against childhood cancer.
1: Can I be there for that moment to witness? Uh,
0: so it, just, it literally just happened. I can send you the video if you'd like.
1: I can, can Jim that can video. Jim donate to my cause as well, and I <laughs> slap him as well?
0: I mean, you're gonna have to get Ben to agree to that, but I I can't imagine. Somehow we got Ben to agree to it very quickly. Like I don't know. If, I won't even say we bullied him into it. Scalzo just brought it up, and Brust agreed to it. Um, but that's uh, that's where we're at today. And, and again, thank you to everybody who has donated today. Such a great cause. I love doing this thing every single year, playing the hundred holes, doing all this uh, radio, because all that money goes towards a great cause in that fight against childhood cancer.
1: It's for the kids. That's what it's all about. I mean, this is the first year I'm going to be playing in it. I can't wait. Um, it's such an unbelievable cause. And Gabe and I are going to have to just muscle through a hundred holes. Like it's another day that ends in Y. Uh, we've we've both done these events in the past and we've, we've managed to always finish a hundred holes because we're sick and twisted, but it's not about the golf. It is about raising money for the kids. And uh, I can't wait to do it and tee it up with you in what? Coming up on 17, 17 days. 17
0: days. We're like two and a half weeks away. It's, uh, it's certainly going to be an exciting event. Looks like the weather finally starting to turn here in the state of Wisconsin. And on the T's opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. And I think where we have to start, it, we'll get to everything else that happened over the Augusta weekend in just a little bit here, Stephen. But I, I want to start with the world number one. I want to start with the hottest player in the world, the winner of four of the last six tournaments he's played in, the winner of about $9 million in the last eight weeks, and that is one Scotty Scheffler, the 25-year-old, who just claimed his first major. What impressed you the most watching Scotty over the four days?
1: He is on a heater like we haven't seen since Tiger in the early 2000s. It is unbelievable the golf we are witnessing from Scotty Scheffler. I know that we spoke about this in the season opening show a couple of weeks ago. But we can proudly say that Scotty became a star here in Wisconsin because it was really his Ryder Cup performance against John Rahm, where he went from number 12 on the U.S. Ryder Cup team to a guy that shows I could be number one in the world. And since then, he's just gone out. He was 0 for 70 in his first 70 PGA Tour events, and he's won four of the last six. It's unbelievable what we were witnessing from Scotty. And I think my favorite thing watching him play – And I also want to speak to him speaking at the podium as well, but he is subdued, but he's an assassin. And there are a lot of golfers that have this trait, but he has this humility about him that um, is, is really refreshing to see. It's really enlightening to listen and watch. And I think on the golf course, He has those similar types of traits. I'm just thinking about his Sunday round, watching him at Augusta, when he goes out on one and blasts it into the trees. And there's just no panic on his face, Gabe. And we saw that a number of times throughout the round, where he he just never seems to be rattled. And that's an unbelievable trait in this game that we love and play, because... It's so easy to just let go, especially when you're facing that type of pressure on that biggest stage. And he just seemed calm, cool, and collected. And I think he just has that quiet confidence about him that, he deserves to be there.
0: Well, that's the crazy part because we know he was rattled because he told us after yeah. the round and this is just something unbelievable to me and I appreciate the openness and the vulnerability to put this out there because I know there's a portion of the golf fan base that, that, that just can't believe this but he admitted after the round he told his wife before he broke down he said he cried like a baby before the round and admitted to his wife he wasn't sure if he was ready for the moment and... So he goes out there, he puts himself in a pretty tough spot on one, and just hits this incredibly tough chip to get up and down on one, saves par, makes par on two, chips in for birdie on three, and then he's off and running. And and yeah, the the hands were a little nervy as he tried to close it out and four-putted on 18, but he had a five-stroke lead at that point, so it really didn't matter.
1: If there's ever a time to four-putt. It's when you're up by five or six, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It's the best time to do it. So the, the fact that he did, and, and again, I appreciate that openness and vulnerability because who among us in our big moments, you know, you and whether you're talking about sports, whether you're talking about moments in life, like you just kind of have those little bit of doubts that creep in. And, and for him, he had his wife there to to kind of write, write him and get him ready and, and have that support system. You know, that's, I don't know, to me, that's a warming story to see and, and fantastic. I'm excited for him. Um, Again, just as he just continues to grow and boom into golf superstardom.
1: Yeah, Gabe, it's it's just humanizing, right? It's it's refreshing to see somebody be so outspoken about the emotions that they're feeling because you know so often pro athletes feel like they need to be you know, on this pedestal and a lot of them hold themselves on this pedestal. And I feel like in the last couple of years, we've spoken a lot about mental health and just emotions. And um, I think athletes are starting to be a little bit more outspoken about their true feelings and emotions. Um, But listening to him deliver that quote about his wife, I mean, most of us fear failure, right? But he was, he was fearing success. And when you step back and think about it, like he was, afraid of what his life was going to look like beyond being a master's champion and what it was going to come with it. And I don't, I, I, I read into that quote and I listen to that soundbite. I think more about the, I'm not ready for being in the spotlight. Um, I don't think he ever felt like he wasn't a good enough golfer because when I've listened to Scotty and read stuff about Scotty in the past and remember, you know, him up at the Ryder cup, like, the golf is his safe space. That's the place where he feels the most at home and the most confident. Um, I just think that he had a moment with his wife where he wondered what is next for me. And if I win this tournament today, where does that take us? And um, it it was a moment of vulnerability that I, I I just think is, is really special that he was willing to share that with us because I think a lot of people can relate to not just the fear of failure, but the fear of success as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, I had so much fun watching him, and it's funny just because with his swing and the way it is, it's, it's not a pretty golf swing. You know, it's it's not – no one's going to confuse his swing with Adam Scott or Louis Oosthuizen. and one of these ones that you can – oh, man, that just looks so pretty And because he's doing weird things. But I think that's what kind of makes him relatable too. Like if he's trying to turn the ball over, he's got to throw his hands so far and exaggerate so far over the top as he's trying to sling a draw around the corner on, on number 10, you know, to get it down in that speed slot to get as much distance as he can. It's – I don't know, it's a brand of golf that he may not – have, you know, the facial expressions and he was kind of stone cold, especially after he chipped in on three. Like, he had zero reaction versus, uh, you looked at Rory's reaction. Like, not even a fist pump. Like, nothing from yeah. Scotty after he chipped in. But, I mean, he's, uh, to me, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's got a lot of, um, he's he's got a lot of things that he can do with the golf ball in terms of manipulating it, and he is not... I mean, he's not going to continue winning four out of six events, obviously. But he, he's going to be sticking around at the top of leaderboards for the next few years because of that short game, man. His hands are unbelievable. The way he was able to get up and down all weekend long was spectacular.
1: And the thing about Scotty is... He's winning at a rate that he is, you know, jumping obviously to the top of the, the world golf rankings, but he's been quietly lurking in the Meadows for the last year and a half. He's 36 under par in majors since the beginning of 2020. That's seven strokes better than any other player in that span. The Masters was his seventh straight top 20 finish in the majors, fourth straight top 10. So this didn't happen by accident. This is not just like 2022, who is this guy? I mean, we saw it on the Ryder Cup, but he's been lurking. And now we wonder where can he go from here because it's so hard to win majors. But I think we're seeing a star on the rise that, that could win a couple, no question. And maybe even this year, similar to what we saw from Brooks Kepka when Aaron Hills was his stage in 2017, the first of his four majors in the next calendar year. So you know the, the sky's the limit for Scotty.
0: I think it's great that you brought up that, that Brooks Kepka US Open. Because my initial memory of that was there were a lot of people, and I'm sure you knew who Brooks Kepka was because like you like me, you know, we're golf nerds. So you know when Brooks got that first one in twenty seventeen at Aaron Hills. A lot of people are going, man, he kind of kind of ran away with this, don't really know who he is like is this really a good u s open new venue got this weird champ like what what are we what are we doing here like that's not that good, but now I feel people are looking back on it as, oh, this is where a superstar in golf was born, you know where because of what Brooks did, winning three majors after the u s open in 2017 to get to four as quickly as he did, winning the next U.S. Open and winning the PGA and winning a back-to-back PGA and, and just collecting the majors as quickly as he did, people now look more fondly, at least here in the state of Wisconsin, they look more fondly back at that 2017 Master, excuse me, U.S. Open. And the people that think that yesterday was boring, because after that third hole... Cam made it a little bit interesting after he made birdie on the 11th, only the second birdie made on 11 all day, but once Cam rinsed his shot on number 12, even though all the exciting things were happening with Rory, it didn't feel like seven was going to be nearly good enough. You knew that with some birdie holes ahead that that Scotty was going to be able to pull away and, and win that first green jacket. So, if you think yesterday was boring, I wonder if Scotty rattles off a couple of majors over the next two, three years, if he gets to three majors, four majors, if you look back more fondly at this Masters as, oh, a star was born here.
1: Yeah, and I I think that... um the thing about Scotty, another thing that really impressed me about watching him on Sunday was so Cam dunks it on 12. We've seen this story, this script, many times at Augusta. I always Never say that, the, the Masters.
0: After that hole, it's yeah. why shoot at the pin location? You have seen time and time again. That's where Masters' chances go to die when you decide yeah. to go with the pin at number 12 on Sunday.
1: The Masters don't begin until twelve on Sunday. That's what I, I truly believe. Watching that, and not only did Cam get wet, but then Scotty plays it safe a little, a little deep left. But hey, he was dry, a safe, and he comes back,
0: and then he hits that <laughs> ridiculous chip.
1: My yeah, goodness. and then he comes back and he birdies thirteen fourteen. Like, like I mean, it, it, it's just an unbelievable focus for him in that moment to know I can run away with it. So let's just put our foot on the gas pedal, and then what Rory did for his unbelievable Sunday. Are are we talking enough about what Rory did on Sunday?
0: Uh, We'll get to Rory in in just a little bit because he is another one of those really interesting cases where he has, much like Justin Thomas, gotten in his own way too often in the opening round of major championships and then just does something – Outrageous yeah. and outlandish, and yesterday might have been the biggest case of something outrageous and outlandish, and I mean that in all of the good senses because shooting sixty four Sunday at Augusta is so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, saying um, that he had the most fun on a golf course yesterday than he has ever had in his life, and that's saying something for Rory. I, I also I have to throw out this Justin Ray statistic that again you know brings a little Wisconsin tie into what we're seeing from Scotty Scheffler. The last player to win four times in six PGA Tour starts was Jason Day in 2015, and his run also included his first major, and that was the PGA that he won at Whistling Straits.
0: So that's the type of heater. I mean, and Jason Day also got to world number one, which is outrageous to think about because Jordan Spieth also won four times that year, including two majors earlier that calendar year. So Jordan Spieth was on a heater as number one. That ended with Jason Day on a heater as number one. We'll see what the rest of this golf year has to bring us as Scotty Scheffler has won his first green jacket. But this weekend was also about the return of the big cat, Tiger Woods. We discuss that next on The Tee.
2: The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the Tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside.
0: Scotty Scheffler is your Masters champ. Under par. Scotty Scheffler, your Masters champ. But it was the return of Tiger Woods. Last Monday, we were pretty confident he was going to play. He did play. He made the cut. Then he got a little tired, but we discuss it all right now, and it's all about the drive, courtesy of our friends at Ewald Automotive.
2: Sometimes it's all about the drive. But Off the Tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy.
0: I just want everybody to understand how much restraint it took not to leave the show with Tiger, because Steven and I are as big of Tiger Woods fans as you will ever see. But, I mean, we had to lead with the Masters champ and then go to Tiger Woods' first competitive round of golf since November of 2020, his first competitive round since that horrific accident in which he almost lost his leg, and... Steven, what was your overall impression of Tiger watching him for four days?
1: That he's one of one. It's unbelievable what we saw from Tiger Woods. I don't care about his final score. I don't care about, you know, his poor play on Saturday and Sunday. What he did to get there, to perform, to make the cut. When some of the best golfers in the world were unable to do so, he's made 22 straight cuts at Augusta, and this was maybe his his most impressive Augusta performance to date. I mean that that's crazy to say out loud because 97 was um, you know historic, but for what he had to go through to prepare for this tournament, for how little true preparation of professional golf um, leading into this event, and for him to go one under. On the first day and make the cut and continue to satisfy us as golf fans for another unbelievable Masters. Uh, This was enjoyable in a different way from 2019 for me, Gabe, because that was his true return. Um, This was just another chapter in the unbelievable Tiger Woods phenomenon that makes him truly one of one.
0: So I got worried. I did not watch, I mean, I watched every shot he hit over the weekend, but I didn't watch those as intently or as nervously as I did in round two. Because I just really wanted him to make the cut. That's what I wanted. I wanted Tiger Woods to make the cut. And he's sitting there at one under par, one of just a handful of guys, 19 guys in a 90-person field that was under par after round one. And then he bogeys four out of his first five holes. Now he's sitting at plus three, and it's not looking good. Cut line's probably going to be a plus four. But it seemed like he found something on on a wedge shot and an approach into five when he had to punch out of trouble and then hit that wedge shot. He didn't make the putt. That led to bogey. But it seemed like he found something in his golf swing because he would then birdie two of the next five holes You know, kind of right the ship a little bit. Give up a couple of sloppy bogeys, 11 and 12, but then birdie back-to-back holes once again on 13-14 and then safely make the cut. We, There's something still in there. It's still there. And... I'm excited that he played all four days because I think that's just going to give him more information on what he needs to do at this place in the future. It's going to give him more information on what he has to do for four rounds to play better golf at St. Andrews. I don't know if we see him before St. Andrews, but just to have the big cat back, I'm excited. The second thing that I took away from the weekend, he's excited to be back as well. I don't know if—clearly his perspective has changed over the years— but I just don't think we see Tiger Woods five years ago. And understandably, because this is all because, you know, he was in that horrific single car wreck. And he shot 13 over par at Augusta. 13 over par. Big smile, like the one of the biggest smiles I've ever seen him have as he was walking towards that scoring 10. And for a moment, his leg didn't hurt. By the time he got to the scoring tent, that leg hurt again, and he was limping on it pretty bad. But just the excitement and joy that he got from being able to compete at one of the best places in golf over four days, to me, was awesome.
1: And I think it's also important to talk about the fan in here as well. Um, I I think that his enjoyment and love for the game is, is evident in how he speaks about the game the fact that he's giving more to us as media and fans about his love for the game and how he approaches the game, because was very closed for a lot of his career because he was so competitive, but he's starting to realize that we're hungry for it. Uh, but I, I also think that the scenes at Augusta during the practice rounds that looked like a Sunday at the Masters, I think also ignite that fire in him even more than what he had coming in because he he has said many times that he's comfortable with 82 and he feels fine about 15 of course he wants more but that he's satisfied and he knows that he doesn't necessarily need to win anymore but as you mentioned Gabe he wants to <laughs> and he knows that us as golf fans want him too and I think that this week will have a huge springboard effect for him moving forward and recognizing that he still is the needle and that we still crave whatever we can get out of him. And that's going to give him something to shoot for and to challenge himself. And he understood the pain threshold that he could get to this weekend because he was not comfortable for a lot of those rounds. It was very evident. He was in pain, but he muscled through because he's competitive. But I think he also recognizes that it's bigger than him. And I think he'll pick and choose his events moving forward. Um, when, you know, do you think, told,
0: when do you think we see him again?
1: It's hard because I I think Southern Hills is going to be a little too soon. Um, and, you know, he has won there before. Uh, it's only 37 days away from the PGA Championship. And I I think we will 100% see him at St. Andrews. He he said that. Yeah, he already committed sports. to that.
0: He, we, we, got, we are going to hold him to it.
1: Yeah, I I think I think I don't see him playing Southern Hills. I think that he really is going to spend some time focusing on getting his leg right and also getting his game right. Now that he understands the pain threshold he can get to because he's never going to be fully healed, but I think he understands what the worst feels like in his ankle and I think we see him next at St. Andrews. It's it's just the proper stage for him to have another Tiger-like celebration.
0: I'm just trying to figure out if there is a date, because I don't think the PGA Championship is going to be great for him. I don't think that the U.S. Open and the Country Club at Brookline is going to be necessarily great for him. I just don't know if he would play anything less than a major at this point or a, a big-time event like the Genesis, in which he is the the host and, and his uh, foundation benefits from. I don't know if he wants to try. So to me, if he's going to try to play again, it's either the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open. I don't think it makes a ton of sense for him to play there. I think it makes – I mean, he's going to play the Open. And I think, yeah, that's that's the next step. That's the next focus. Maybe, yeah, and if we don't see him until July 14th, I'm cool with that. But that's still a place where I think he can go and recapture some of the magic that he had on Friday.
1: Well, we're also talking about one of the most – Uber competitive athletes of all time. He could play in all three, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, this this is just who Tiger is.
0: Well, because and... two weeks before the match, before we knew he took that trip with Charlie and JT, the week before Augusta. If you'd have told me two weeks before the match, like I didn't think he was playing two weeks before the Masters. After he took that trip, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something there. And then he shows up, and then you know he's clearly going to play.
1: Are you satisfied with him just playing majors for the foreseeable future?
0: Yep. With I am, Of course. With, I am too. I Dude, I would be completely okay if he just played the Masters and British Open every year. Like, if we only got Tiger twice and that's all his leg could handle, I am cool with it because those are the two places I think that he can win because I think he can – some of the iron shots he hit, which is stupid, man. Like, that, that five iron he hit on hole number 10 – where he stuffed it to like three feet from two hundred and ten yeah. yards.
1: I mean, I couldn't get over his scrambling on on the opening round. Oh yeah, he hit nine of eighteen greens in regulation and finished one under. Only had two that's, bogeys.
0: He had two bogeys.
1: That's bananas.
0: It really, it really was. It was just so much fun to have him back, even though you knew he wasn't. Again, to me, the the competition for him ended once he made the cut. And he just clearly ran out of gas and just didn't have it left in him. But it was just so much fun to have him back because of what golf can be with him in it. Golf weather in Wisconsin is here. If you're looking for a great place to get outside, head to Fairways of Woodside in Sussex. Great atmosphere, great food, drink venue, amazing hospitality. I love getting out there. I play with my buddies out there, Stephen and... They just have the right attitude about what golf should be. Golf is supposed to be fun, and golf will be fun. You'll have some great drinks. You'll have some great times at Fairways of Woodside. Check them out online, fairwaysofwoodside.com. All right, we teased that we would talk about Rory McIlroy a little bit more, and I want to do that coming up next right here on The Tee.
2: Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Stephen after this on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Nitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Anything's possible.
0: absolutely crazy as Rory McIlroy holes out. He goes 64 on Sunday, made a tremendous run, obviously just well too short with the lead that Scheffler had. But as you mentioned earlier, Stephen, Rory after the round said it was the most fun he has ever had. Has Rory possibly captured something? Do you think he found something yesterday that he can carry going forward? And, content, and can actually be and we were texting back and forth all weekend joking about you know Rory backdooring he essentially backdoored top two at the <laughs> Masters right? came out of nowhere to finish solo second at Augusta but he was never really in contention he never really threatened the lead did he find something where he can compete at the next three majors and be a factor for the first time since 2014 in this thing
1: no question. I, I think this will have an unbelievable impact on not only the rest of Rory's season this year, but of him finally exercising his demons at Augusta and competing his career Grand Slam. I, I think that this was cathartic for Rory. Um, and, and I want to read you a quote that he had after his round on Sunday. He said, It's no good feeling like your game is in good shape finishing 30th every week and saying you're on the right path (laughs) every now and again. It's nice to have results like this, just to reaffirm that what you're doing are the right things. That's why I feel like this was huge for Rory because he realizes that he can still do this. And the only person he lost to was the guy who's on one of the biggest heaters in golf history right now. And Scotty Scheffler. So I think about that Rory a lot that was at Whistling Straits crying on television about how he let the Europeans down in the Ryder Cup. Um, And to see Rory that happy and that confident again about his own game, I think this will be huge for him. For not just this year, but next April when he gets another shot at the Masters and completing his Grand Slam.
0: Yeah, he is just... Him and Justin Thomas... Because JT did the thing again, shot 76 yeah. in the opening round, and then he has to go and shoot 67 in round two. He obviously makes the cut despite being outside the number. Not only that, he gets to one under par and doesn't really do much on the weekend. But those two have so much damn talent, and they're so much fun to watch. They are two of the more fun players to watch when they have it going on the PGA Tour. But it, and this seems to... It it, it affected Rory at Augusta for the longest time after 2011, and now it has bled into every other major. I I just think of um, the the British Open that was in Northern Ireland a few years ago. Yeah. That Rory tried to, going in, ah, it's not a big deal, not a big deal. Just... Hits his first shot out like shanks an iron out of bounds or pull hooks an iron out of bounds like terrible opening tee shot plays awful tries to rally on the second day crowd behind him in Northern Ireland misses the cut and and he admitted hey I probably shouldn't have pretended like this wasn't that big of a deal because it was and you know he he just hasn't found a way to get out of his own way in the early round, So when he shoots a 64 in the final round, it actually can mean something and he can threaten the lead. If him and JT can figure that opening round out, I mean, these guys should be, have, should be in the conversation more than they've been over the last four or five years.
1: Rory McIlroy was one over after the opening round of the Masters. He's now 35 over par in the first round of majors since the beginning of 2015 and that's coming off of of course winning his last major in 2014. The rest of his tournament, he's 68 under par. That's over 100 strokes difference from that first round to his final 3 in what he in in majors that he's competing for. So just I mean it 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 seems crazy but is it just as simple as go out there and play better on day 1? <laughs> it's a crazy game but I mean that 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 stat is staggering. It's yeah. over 100 stroke difference from the opening round to his final 3 in majors.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And again, I, th- I think if those two can really get it going, it's just going to make these majors that much more fun to watch. And we have a lot of players playing really well I think right now on the PGA Tour. Cam Smith looks really, you know, charged like he's going to win a major sooner rather than later. I mean, unfortunately, somebody like Justin Spieth, or excuse me, Jordan Spieth has been playing his best golf this year, and he ended up missing the cut. But there are a lot of players that are playing really well right now that I think are going to factor into the next three majors, and I, for one, am incredibly excited to watch it.
1: And uh, we could have um, many shows discussing this topic about the future of golf and can it survive without Tiger. And we talked about it a little bit last week and whether golf – will survive and just be okay with being a niche sport without Tiger. But it is now a reality that we are only going to get treated to Tiger for a handful of events every year moving forward. So having guys like Rory and JT and Speef, that's the next wave. And that wave has been there for a decade, but those are the guys that need to be at the top of leaderboards consistently in these big events if we want golf to be as far-reaching as we believe it should be and as entertaining as we believe it should be. Um, and, and it's great to have the, the Scotty Schefflers and the Colin Morikawas and that next wave behind them. But I think about Rory and JT and Spieth, and I, I think a lot falls on their shoulders as, as being the, the next wave of faces. And we wonder if it's becoming too big for them, but I was really encouraged by what we saw from Rory yesterday. And for somebody that is not afraid to speak his mind and talk honestly about his game and his life, um, I think he was genuinely at the top of his game as a player and as a person, and it was fun to watch yesterday.
0: Why do you think that whole location on 12 is so hard to get to? Because player after player will not go after it. They'll just hit it in... The whole 12, the par 3, everybody just hits it. They try to hit it. You hear him talk about it over the middle of the front bunker. Land it. You're 25, 30 feet away. Hopefully two putt. Move on to 13. So why is that pin so hard to get after, and why did Cam Smith go for it yesterday?
1: He probably felt like he had he had to make two. Um, but he didn't. But, like, there but are so no, many gettable holes qu-
0: ahead of you. Make your three there. And try to put some pressure on the rest of the way. It it just it. I don't understand how we continuously see people go for the pin and then put it in the water on that hole.
1: It's. I mean, there there's wind swirling there that we'll never understand because we'll probably never play it. Um, But I yeah. I, I just I feel like you know it. It is a hole that rewards the safe players, and if you get too greedy. Your round will end there. And that's what happened with Cam. But but Scotty was just on such a different level yesterday that, you know, after he made that birdie on three, you know, where Cam Cam came out hot in that final round and he got it within one. But after Scotty made that birdie on three, he, nobody was ever within two strokes of him in the final round of the Masters. And that's a credit to Scotty. So Cam maybe felt I gotta make two here. And then he knows the gettable holes moving forward, and he knows that Scotty can go out and get them too. So maybe that was his thinking. But man, twelve seems to always win. <laughs> it does. Twelve's undefeated.
0: The only no, the only person to de- defeat twelve was nineteen ninety two when Freddie Couples' shot somehow held up, and he was able to scramble and get up and down to save his par, and he goes on to win his only green jacket. He's like the only one who's ever survived not hitting a good shot going at that pin.
1: Yeah. But I'll watch the drama because it always it's always entertaining every year. Sunday on 12.
0: All right. I, I don't know how much you've looked at this, but it's time to make our gruber says one call. That's all pick of the week. This week they moved to RBC Heritage because golf it just never stops. You, you can't stop and smell the azaleas in Augusta. You've got to get up to <laughs> South Carolina right away. So who are you taking this week in the RBC Heritage at Harbortown and Golf Links in Hilton's Head, South Carolina?
1: I've I've been fortunate to play this course, so I actually always look forward to this one because it's really fun to be able to watch the pros play a course that you shot a hundred at. Um, I Stewart Sink won at 19 under. That was a historic win last year. I don't think Stewart Sink is going to defend his title. Um, I I really like a guy to win his first PGA Tour event who's been knocking on the door. Uh, one of the true young young upcoming stars, maybe in that third wave I was talking about before. I like Matt Fitzpatrick Ooh. to win his first PGA tour event as my Gruber law Office's one call. That's all pick his best result of his career came at Harbor town. And that was T four last year at heritage. Uh, he is top twenties in seven of his last eight events. And he finished 14th at the masters. I think Matt Fitzpatrick is a guy who's knocking on the door you know, he played on the Europe Ryder Cup team. I think this is a guy who is, is deserving of winning his first and I think it's gonna come in Harbertown. What about you?
0: Uh, I am going with somebody who I was impressed with over the weekend. <laughs> finished T3. I think he's playing really well, and I think he's going to factor in a couple of tournaments just because he has the game to do so. I am taking Shane Lowry. He was tied for third in 2019 here, tied for ninth last year at Harbour Town. Seems like he's played here well in the past. It seems like he's playing well coming in, so I like Shane Lowry this week at RBC Heritage.
1: I love it. I love it. Don't sleep all those South Carolina guys. You know, they have oh, that, yeah. that course advantage, but um, I, I I like your pick there. I could see that happening.
0: Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the T. It's time to know <laughs> the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click on the Get Started button. Which course in Wisconsin is the best for major championships? We dive into that question as we do a course review coming up next.
2: No ifs, ands, or puts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Stephen coming up on 94.5 ESPN. For It's On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside.
0: it to the last segment. I have been on the radio since 7 a.m. this morning. About to close things down at 7 p.m., 12 hours of radio. All in the name of the MAC Fund. Trying to raise some money in the fight against childhood cancer. It takes all day to play 100 holes of golf. and That's what Stephen Watson and I are going to be doing on the 28th of April, part of the Ringer event through the MAC Fund. They have done some incredible things through this event. This is their fifth year, Stephen, of the Ringer. And the ringer has raised over seven hundred thousand dollars through its first four years mostly here in Wisconsin they added Chicago last year they've now this year have one here in Milwaukee Chicago and Cleveland and I think they've got a really good opportunity to potentially break that million dollar mark uh, by the time this things said and done in year five which is unbelievable thanks to the generosity of uh, places like the bog and the Hammuses uh, excuse me the Hammises who, who own that golf course donate the golf course for this day i 'm looking forward to it, but mostly i 'm um, looking forward to potentially breaking that million dollar mark uh, when we all get together on the twenty eighth
1: i 'm just looking forward to to play a little spring golf for an unbelievable cause. I mean, the the numbers are staggering. What the MAC Fund does on so many different levels is unbelievable. Um, It's something that hits close to me. My wife is a physician assistant at Children's Wisconsin and and helps those kids every single day. Um, And this is the tiniest thing that I can do um, to to try and help out. And Gabe, what you can do as well, what you've done today is unbelievably impressive. Um, So if you're listening, please go out there help donate to our causes because ultimately it is for the kids. And um, that's why we're playing. That's why we are supporters. And that's why we will continue to be supporters moving forward because um, it's just an unbelievable, unbelievable organization that's done so much to help so many people.
0: Uh, You can text M-A-C-C-MAC to 800-990-3776. A donation link will be sent to you if you can indeed donate. Thank you to everybody who has donated throughout the course of the day. But we do have one more final segment to get through here on the T as we review a great course in the state of Wisconsin.
2: Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com.
0: So we just had the first major championship of the season, Stephen. We've been blessed here in the state of Wisconsin with a lot of major championships being hosted on our soil. So my question to you is, what course in Wisconsin has been the best course for major championships? So we've got choices like Aaron Hills, the 2017 U.S. Open, three PGAs and a Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits, but also... On the Kohler property, we had two U.S. Women op- women's Opens on the original Championship 18 at Black Wolf Run. We have a U.S. Women's Open coming to Erin Hills as well. But there was a PGA Championship held at Blue Mound in, 19- in the 1930s. So we'll put that on the list. And also a U.S. Senior Open coming to the state of Wisconsin up at Century World. Those five options, what one is the best major championship venue to you?
1: Well, first and foremost, it's fun to have options, right? <laughs> um, and and secondly, like you're asking me to pick my favorite kid right now. Um, you know, we, we've got friends from all these places that are, that are listeners to this show. So I, I, I will say that we love all of your courses. We are spoiled by all of your courses and we are so happy they are here in Wisconsin. Um, I just, can't pick anything other than Whistling Straits after the way that they delivered at the Ryder Cup this past year. I, I just, it, it's just such a fun tournament course that has the beauty. It has, you know, just the the uniqueness to it, and I, I think that Whistling Straits, while is not the hardest course in the state and of those courses that you mentioned. There's a reason Aaron Hills hosted a U.S. Open and, and Kohler did not. But I do think that if I'm going to pick one after what we witnessed in September, it's going to be whistling Straits. Gabe?
0: I, I'm going and this was one of my first memories at, at being you know, following women's golf, at least as a kid because in 1998 they had the U.S. Women's Open. That was like the first major championship I recall... And they had it at Black Wolf Run. And I remember you know, seeing the pictures in the paper of... I can't even remember the three women uh, who were walking down 18 holding up their towels as if they were white flags because the course was playing so difficult. They were waving the white flag, but Seyri Pak ends up winning in a playoff in 1998. I've played that course a couple of times. Heck, I might go up there because they're doing it the beginning of the year this year where the original Championship 18 is open at Black Wolf Run. I might go up and play it tomorrow because tomorrow's supposed to be a nice day. And maybe it's because it's just so rare and it's not, uh, readily available to you at any part to the at any time or any part of the season, but I love the original Championship 18 at Black Wolf Run.
1: Yeah, you always talk about it in the fall. I still have not played the original 18. I know that they go into it at a certain um, month of the year toward the end of the season. Um, I would love to see it because I've played both individually, but them mixed together would be a true treat.
0: Yeah, and they don't. The only time they use the original opening hole, which would be 10 on Meadow Valley. Like it, it, they only use it. I mean, you you kind of drive past it, and if you're not sure what it is, you're kind of going, "Why is there that fairway over there?" And you're hitting to the green well above you. It's it's a cool opening hole, um, and I think a lot better than number ten on Meadow Valley is right now because Meadow Valley just kind of is it doesn't fit with what the rest of the course at, at Black Wolf Run is. But that's just me. Um, but yeah. I love that. And, but again, and,
1: and we also. We also got to rattle off. I mean, we got some upcoming events. We don't have any major championships coming up in, in the state in the next two years. I mean, we've been on this crazy run <laughs> for the last, you know, seven or eight years. But we have got the, the U.S. Mid-Am at Aaron Hills
0: I'm re- you know, coming I up this really year. looking forward to that.
1: I think that's going to be a really cool event for golf lovers in the state. Next year up at Century World is going to be the U.S. Senior Open. Um, I still have not played Century World. That Even is number I- one on my bucket list in this state. Um, I have dreams of the flower hole and I I feel like, uh, you know, hopefully we can get up there at some point this year now that they're back open and then 2025 right back in Aaron Hills, you know, we, we got the women's open. So there's another, there are a lot of great opportunities. Uh, We might have to wait 40 years for a Ryder cup again, but I I think we will get one again in the state of Wisconsin. It's just booked out so far, but we're lucky to have options and there it's really, we're so spoiled here. And even as, as, Players, but also as spectators.
0: I want to say thank you to you, Stephen. Uh, thank you to everybody who donated today. Uh, thanks to ESPN Milwaukee and, and the, the management group for letting me do this and, and fulfill this this crazy, stupid thing that I do every year of hosting shows all day long. So thanks to all the shows as well for letting me join. If you'd like to donate to the Mac Fund, you still can. The, uh, the donation page will be open until the event on the 28th. Just text MAC M A C C to 800-990-3776. You get a donation link sent directly to your phone.
1: Where's Gabe, those? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a, a true golf clap. Uh, I would I would hug you in person right now. Uh, but I had to come do some investigative uh, reporting on Austin, Texas, where Scotty Scheffler, you know, played at UT, you know, to, to go on this hot streak. So I'm here on a family vacation in Austin. They're very excited for Scotty Scheffler. But I'm really excited for you getting through this marathon day. Um, unbelievable feat that you have accomplished today as, as somebody that has a little bit of experience in radio, more TV. What you have done today is unbelievable. Did you take a bathroom break? Like, what? What? what, what what's your deal? Like, you've gone You've been 12 hours on the radio. Yeah, 12 your, hours. How are your vocal cords yeah, feeling?
0: Vocal cords are fine. Uh, a couple of bathroom breaks where I, you know, ran and and because a lot of water was consumed throughout the course of the day. Big thanks to Palermo's as well. Palermo's pizza powered me through today uh, with a breakfast pizza, lunch pizza, and had a little dinner pizza with Scalzo and brust as well. So thank you to Palermo's for powering me through. Uh, I actually feel great. I, I'm probably gonna go home and crash, watching a little Monday Night Rocks. I got to get ready for GKW on Thursday night. But uh, I'm, I am. Really, I'm exhausted, but it's like one of those good tired because I think we did some good, and the listeners and fans of VSB Milwaukee did some good for the Mac Fund today.
1: Well done, my friends. Proud of you.
0: This is Ben on the team.